Welcome to Storytime with Geoshri. Let's continue Slacker by Gordon Corman. Chapter 32, Daphne Lebowitz. It was the happiest of all happy endings. I meant that Alice turned out to be okay, not the part where the town was saved, but that was pretty good too. But back to Alice, picture the best fireworks display you've ever seen against a pitch black sky during a supernova with Mount Krakatoa erupting in the background. That show doesn't come close to describing how thrilled I was when Dr. Casper announced that Elvis was fine. After the celebration on the ramp, the vet took the poor beaver back to his office for a full examination. The diagnosis, only bruising, no internal damage. The car had sideswiped him, but not hit him straight on. He was scared and shaken up, but otherwise in perfect beaver health. As for the ramp, people were still a little nervous that the bulldozers might come back the next day. Or the day after that. Just because he stopped them once didn't mean the state government had changed its mind. No way could everybody in Sycamore put their lives on hold to stand out by the freeway as human shields forever. But the next day we got word that the transportation department had postponed the demolition until they could review the situation. Mayor Dolinka told us that the state was so far behind in reviewing things that Sycamore was off the hook for at least three years. And since that was too long to leave a crumbling ramp, the Division of Highways would have to repair it. In other words, by the time anyone got around to demolishing or exit, it wouldn't need demolishing anymore. It was good news, I guess. But it didn't exactly fill me with confidence in government. I knew kids who were this flaky. But the state was supposed to be reliable, right? How could we be sure they wouldn't just change their minds? And Cam wasn't worried. If the bulldozers ever come back, Pietro will go out and stand on the ramp again. He promised everybody. That was the real big story. The positive action group had been reinstated with Cam back as president. The minute that happened, every single kid who wasn't already a member joined up. Mr. Fancha said it had to be the first time in the history of his school that a club ever reached 100-person membership. Our first project was selling tickets for the fall charity raffle. I wasn't convinced that that was quite as important as some of the other things the PAG could turn its attention to, but Mr. Fancha assured me that this was what Cam wanted. Well, how could I argue with that? If it hadn't been for Cam, who knew what, be- what would have become a poor Elvis? After a few days under observation in Dr. Casper's veterinary clinic, Ellis was finally introduced into the habitat we had built for him all those weeks ago. He loved it, just like I knew he would. Watching him swim and play and chew wood filled him with so much happiness, I was afraid I might cry. Okay, I did cry. Luckily, nobody noticed because there was a lot going on right then. Mayor Dolinka himself had an official town ceremony in the woods and even unveiled a plaque that read, Elvis's Pond, a PAG project. This didn't sit too well with Jennifer Del Rio and the friends of Fuzzy, who weren't in love with the idea of the middle school getting all the credit. But they had to suck it up though. What choice did they have? Time was on our side, not theirs. In a couple of years, we would be them and they would be gone. In the end, what really mattered was that Elvis was safe and sound and happy. 
We had the PAG to thank for that, which meant we had Ken to thank too. He was the best thing that ever happened to this town. I can't believe I actually said that guy was a slacker. Seriously, what was I thinking? Thank you for listening. Bye, until next episode.